0: Yeah, just go.
1: I mean, I, I feel like we can outspeed that team all night uh, when we want to, when we put our minds to it, when we're not sitting back and letting them dictate the pace of play, and that's what we did in third. And I, I didn't think they could contain us at all. So it was really good to see. took all of us tonight. Obviously, we had one guy go down, so we were a little short in the forward end, but we had everyone going. Everyone was ready, everyone was committed, everyone was sacrificing. We did what we had to do to get the job done. Alex Tuck. Bringing up a little bit of the struggles of the forward core. Having to gut it out. In a 3-2 win last night. Offense go burr in the third period. Alex Tuck putting in the game winner. To let the Sabres continue on. They're grabbing some points as of late. Um, not in the way that would be the most satisfying. But they're gutting some things out. I mean, you dropped a game in overtime against the Capitals. You shouldn't have. Um, and Then you go ahead and you get... This game that you had to come back and win this one last night. But as long as you can put wins together, put points together, it'll help. It will help. And that is the biggest thing about the Buffalo Sabres right now. Because if you look at the standings, you're in a familiar place. Not a good one. Because familiar for the last decade plus has been bad. Um, They have 20 points in 20 games. 80 points doesn't get you there. 82 points in 82 games, for example, on this pace. It's not going to get you there. You got to be better. You got to start snapping some some wins off, snapping some things off, and get going.
2: That's like the theme of them, right? Yeah. Like I feel like every game, it's they're asking Kyle Poso after the game, and it's just like, we just need to find a way to get into it. It's like we're bud. We're, we're a quarter of the way through. Yeah, we are a quarter of the what way are we, through. What are we doing? Like, Why aren't you into it? Like, real
1: analysis now can step in. Like, it's not too early to talk about these things now. It's not too early to ask some serious questions about them. And it's time to start putting some of the expectations that we heavily pile on the bills. Because they are supposed to be Super Bowl contenders. And I have treated them in a different way. Than the Sabers to start the year because it was a start of the year. It's like ten games in. Like, hang on, guys, hang on, everyone. Let's not call for people's heads. Still not calling for a coach or a general manager's head, by the way, guys. Let's calm down there.
2: I don't think we even have that discussion until the end of the year. End of the year is it. when we get to yeah. possible uncomfortable conversations. Right? No playoffs. That's the conversation that's going all summer.
1: We need to start having talks. Um, just like how we've had to have talks about Sean McDermott. And if this team doesn't make the playoffs, we should be having a very uncomfortable discussion uh, of whether he has had his time run out here or not. So, the Bills are in a do-or-die situation, guys. Uh, Derek, TJ, Josiah, we're all here for you today. Thanks for joining us here on WGR. Uh, the Bills are in a do-or-die situation where they have put themselves in this spot for losing to teams like the Patriots, or to Zach Wilson and the Jets, where now, you have to start doing the unthinkable. You have to start doing the harder things, the upgrade in difficulty. You went from having yourselves a nice casual playthrough of I don't know. Name an easy video game. Josiah,
0: that's what I have you here for. Lego Star Wars. Okay. Okay.
1: You're, You're going through a playthrough of Lego Star Wars, and the Bills have turned it into Dark Souls. Oh, gosh. That's terrible. That's where they're
0: at. Oh, my gosh. That's well, that where just, they're at. That made me really depressed. <laughs> I don't like <laughs> but that. But that's
1: where they're at. Because if they lose to Philadelphia, they're staring at 6-6. Six and six. With a playoff field that is there for the taking. But you need to start winning against Philly, Kansas City, Dallas. The random number generator known as the Los Angeles Chargers. Miami. You don't know what you're getting with the Chargers every week. Typically, you know you're getting disappointment if you're a Chargers fan. But sometimes they make things harder for everyone else, not just themselves. They should be talented in a good team. They're just miscoached. But you have to beat Miami, Kansas City, Philadelphia, Dallas to stay in the race. So, yeah, you're going from playing Lego Star Wars to Dark Souls.
0: So they're toast is what you're saying. No, they have to earn it. You know if you
1: beat Dark Souls, it's one of the greatest accomplishments that a gamer can ever have. Why? It's hard as bleep. yeah, And the bills have made their playoff destination hard as bleep. but if
0: they get there, they have earned it. Some interesting parallels between the teams here, like I, I just said last segment. Uh, In September, I would have been shocked to hear that I was saying they should send Devin Levi to Rochester. Well, same thing. I am pretty shocked to say that we're sitting here, we just had Thanksgiving, and the Bills are in this predicament and may not even be in the playoffs.
1: It's a self-made hole, though. You You lost to Jacksonville in a game that you really should have had. You lost to the Denver Broncos in a humiliating way. You, lost to the, you let the New England Patriots score 29 points. Nobody in their right mind, if you told me at the start of the season, if I heard the New England Patriots scored the most points on the Bills this season, I would have thought, oh, so they're undefeated. That's what you're telling me. Because they could outgun the Patriots. No. And then you also lost to Zach Wilson, who has since proven he should never... Have beaten you. The Jets are an unmitigated tire fire that the Bills may have ended the Jets' careers of Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson in the same season. And they're 1-1 one one against the quarterbacks.
2: Even amid all that. They're alive. They're alive. And like... Especially with the one last week, they're not they're not like they're they're not in the hunt in the way the drought bills were in the hunt. It's like, no, they they just need to like you said, buckle down and do it against the hardest gauntlet of the schedule they're they've faced in arguably the last four or five seasons they've been together. Lego Star Wars to Dark Souls. If they get there, they will have earned it and they need to
1: earn it because now, McDermott's job is,
2: I don't know how on the line it is, but it's definitely on a line. I generally think if you fire your offensive coordinator in the middle of the season, your job is pretty hot.
1: Yeah. It, I, I, obviously, I can't guarantee anything. If you feel here, like you have to do something like, like that. I'm speculating, yes. But like when you've gotten rid of both of your coordinators within calendar year, it, again, the nature of coaching is in sports is, if you get rid of your assistants, there's one last person the crosshairs point to, and it's you. So, yeah, I guess I should say it, TJ. You you made me go the long way around to say McDermott's job is
0: probably on the line here. So if the Bills miss the playoffs, what's happening? Is there any chance he sticks around?
1: Yes, there's a chance. If you come out of this 10-7 and seven and miss and the offense has been rejuvenated, you have some quality wins on your docket, but just wasn't enough to overcome the foul errors that you made earlier in the season. So it depends on the finish. It depends on the finish. Okay. Because then if the offense go burr, and you just happen to be outgunned by Kansas City, by Philadelphia, by Dallas even, like your defense was beaten up to oblivion, and you still managed to scrape your way to 10-7, and seven, you just couldn't quite make it, you can go ahead and point to Dorsey and go, maybe that was the problem. But I think that this is, if you're going to get there, you have to, like, you're going to earn it. You are going to have earned it. This is not an easy gauntlet. It's not something that I think is impossible. But I also kind of hate the odds. They're not good. They're not good. (laughs) But if they make it, you can legitimately turn back around and go, Bills go to Super Bowl because they will have gotten hot. Against the hardest schedule in the National Football League remaining.
0: Oh, well, it's going to have to be all or nothing, no doubt about it. I mean, Dark Souls is the best way to describe that.
1: Yes, it's
0: a very daunting challenge. to It's say a the daunting. Least.
1: Ch- they will have had to earn it. If yeah. they make it, it is because they willed their way there. And the only way to beat Dark Souls is through <laughs> patience, hardship, and earning it.
0: And only throwing your controller so many
1: times. <laughs> and- Otherwise
2: known as sheer force of will. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's what I'm
1: saying. Exactly. This is probably the best analogy I'm going to come up with in my entirety of getting paid as a talk show host. I'd agree with that. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Again, they'll have to earn it. It's not an easy gauntlet. The Philadelphia Eagles are the best team in the National Football League again. You are facing a very difficult defensive line. This is going to be a great test for Osiris Torrance. Get ready, rookie. Because here comes Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis. Those are big guys that you need to be required to move. Jalen Carter almost picked off a spike last week. That was awesome. That was
2: like you've never seen that before. In so hundred years of the NFL, and, and nobody's like, tried that. And he's like, <laughs> "I'm going to try this," and I loved it. Like it was such a brilliant play. Like like if it hits his hands and it pops up, and then he comes down and catches it. That works, right? It, that's an interception, right? Now, think about it. That's that's
1: not to end a game.
2: Yeah. If to end a game... Well, that, that would every likely... Second, if they're spiking it, they're probably going for it, so that would likely end the game. Yes, but like if,
1: say, like I'm rushing down the field and I need to clock it to have one second left on the yeah, clock, yeah, yeah, yeah. if it hits his hands, that kills that second. Oh, that's true. Yes. That is another brilliant thing about that is you can think about the new angle here of every second matters when you're trying to clock it. At the end of a game, like when the Bills couldn't get it done against Miami, uh, they couldn't clock it in time. Say there was a second left and someone tried that. That is still a live ball. The last second ticks off. Game's over. Like, that was the coolest thing I've seen. That is going to go largely unheralded. But it's an ingenuitive way to make life more difficult on another team. The Eagles are a well-coached team. They are a talented team. They have an offense that can match it with the best of them, though they haven't had the consistency that they should. Um, It's a problem that's happened to a lot of teams this year, and Buffalo obviously being one of them. However, if you're going to beat Philadelphia, you're going to have to earn it. No Dane Jackson. I'm not as worried because Razul Douglas has been awesome as an acquisition. Guy has been everything we thought he would be and then some. And I remember someone saying to me, um, like during the week, off the air, like someone saying, I would have loved to see him and Trey White together. Well, one doesn't happen without the other happening. Um, They never get Razul Douglas if Trey White never goes down. So, because Christian Benford's played well all season. Dane Jackson has been playing relatively well all season. Having Taron Johnson back will be big. Uh-oh. what Did did I say something wrong? No, no,
2: no. You did not. I, Dane, Dane, ja- Dane Jackson's funny to me because to me he's like the new Levi Wallace in which like... They try to find the replacement and it still never happens. But then he comes in and it's like, I guess you did all right. Yeah. And I feel like he gets the most flack because, yeah, like sometimes he lets up a big one. But he almost always follows that up with like a big play sometimes. Yeah. Just like... The Cincy man, game was his best game of the year. Man, like it's... Yeah, right. So it's just like... And he had to guard Jamar Chase. Yeah, that's tough. But but he reminds me so much of Levi Wallace and the hate that he receives in from, you know, yes. in terms of just like he's delivered in big moments. He's also made some big time screw ups in big moments. But not for gonna, your cornerback three But, but for a cornerback three undrafted, like I'm uh, late like, round draft. Late Wallace, round was, Wallace was undrafted. Uh, gotcha, okay. Still, like I do believe Dane was a sixth or a seventh. Now I'm going to have to look. Yep. Either way, Dane Jackson is like the furthest person I have a problem from being yes. on this roster.
1: Because, like the rest of the defense, he's been scrappy all year. And he has been solid. And that is something that you want out of a player that has been playing mostly cornerback two for you all season. Seventh-round pick, by the way, out of Pitt. So, again, like you said, TJ, it's it's something that... He does get a lot of hate. You know who else is going to get a lot of hate? Our Booty Cheek of the Week. That's coming up next here on Sports Talk Saturday. TJ, Josiah, and I are going to laugh at something in the National Hockey League, probably. Oh, no. Who would have thought? The NHL? Should I just name this the NHL Award of the Week? I don't know. But we're going to find out, and we're going to poke fun at Gary Bettman & Co. Once again, coming up next here on WGR.